What's up? I'm Ben Hale, and this is the Easy Living Yards podcast. Creating a beautiful yard should be easy. Let's jump in and create the dream yard you deserve so you can enjoy more time doing what you love. Welcome to episode 87 of the Easy Living Yards podcast. Guys, today is a different show. I'm starting off with that. (laughs) We're going to be switching it up a little bit and slowing it down a little bit. And instead of talking about practical yard tips, which are very important, we're going to be deep diving deep inside today and talking about why. What's the purpose for us being here on this show? What's our purpose? Big question, right? And getting into those deeper, more meaningful reasons as to why we do what we do every day, day in and day out, and what it means for us. And we'll tie it, of course, full circle to what it means for our landscape. But I've talked about this in previous shows, and I'll talk about it again today. It's very important. Is The reality is, taking care of our yard is not that important in the grand scheme of things. There are so many more important things we can be doing with our lives, and that's what's important. Now, you'd think this would be like, you know, counter to running a landscape consultation business, right? That's what I do here at Easy Living Yards, is I help you create your DIY landscape that you love. That's true, right? But (laughs) this is important, and this is what I truly believe, is creating your yard to be low maintenance and beautiful returns so much time and value to your life that it's that's why it's important okay so we're creating our beautiful yard so we don't have to be out there slaving away working on it being negative feeling about it and instead we can have positive feelings about our yard and positive investment of time returned back to us okay so that's what Easy Living Yards is about. Today, we're going to be diving deep on kind of an introspective show for me. And it, I, th- I thought maybe you guys would like to understand more about me and why I do what I do here at Easy Living Yards, but also what this means for you too. Okay, so I'm sharing today the start of a theme for October. So October, I'm sharing a theme of care for environment, care for people really important for me here at Easy Living Yards, and I hope it's important to you too. Now, those are big, grandiose terms, right? What does it really mean? So I want to dive into that. What do I mean when I care for the environment? What's my commitment to the environment? And in doing so, I'm going to share a little bit of my story for why I created Easy Living Yards and also what that means for you and what could that mean for you. What can you do with your yard? Can you really make a difference through your yard and also through the time you save working on your yard to do something more meaningful with your life? I'm going to call each of us out today, including myself, to say we can all be doing a better job to have a more positive impact while we're here on this planet. So I'm going to dive a little bit to the negative side first. It's just important for me to really understand you know, it's kind of a driver for me almost. I'm I'm not saying that it's a negative thing, but there is some negativity here and I have to share it. It really pains me 
to see a lack of care for our environment, whether it's just litter on the side of the road, chemical usage widespread throughout everything, or just the massive detrimental impact of development on our planet. We just went to a trip through uh, central Quebec. Well, it was really south central. It's crazy. So from southern Ohio up to um, the St. Lawrence Bay region is still south of central Quebec, like the, the middle line of Quebec. And it's a 17-hour drive to get there. That's how giant Canada is. For those of you who haven't been there, for any of you Canadians listening, hello, I guess. <laughs> I, don't know how to, I don't know how to speak my Canadese, or uh, let alone my Quebecois. Um, anyway, back on topic, right? Um, so I was, it was just made me feel so sad driving through those central parts of Quebec and just seeing the massive widespread logging that was going on. I'm recording this episode in the woods right now in a nearby park. Beautiful, beautiful park. My computer that's recording this episode is sitting on top of a giant stump. I can't even comprehend the number of rings there are on this tree that I'm looking at. It's at least 100 rings. And I guess this tree, you know, it. I get it. Trees get old. Some have to be cut down. This one looks like it must have been diseased. It's so sad, though, what we what we've lost with our environment. I was just watching an amazing video that I'll link to in today's show. You guys can hear a plane going by probably. I'm going to keep recording. I don't want to lose this train of thought. I saw this wonderful, wonderful video today by Suzanne Simard that I might be doubling up the recording with another episode. So I'm going to talk about this in next episode too, most likely. But Suzanne Simard is this doctor in... Uh, Western Canada. I can't remember which... Uh, uh, I think she's in British Columbia. I can't remember which university. So, Dr. Samard, she had this TED Talk that I watched recently, and she mentioned that in Canada, logging is at 3.6% of land mass per year. 3.6% of their land is logged every year. And she said that's four times more than sustainable rate. And it's also the highest rate of logging in any country in the world. That's crazy. And I get it, wood is a sustainable material, but the way we harvest our forests is not sustainable. All right, I'm getting off on a sidetrack here a little bit, but it just it shows you the level of pain I feel. I almost teared up when I watched this video. I mean, if I'm if I'm honest and not overly uncomfortable with sharing, I teared up while watching this show or this video, this talk she was giving, because to me, that's just heartbreaking. So we need to do, it's up to each of us to do the best we can, I believe, to care for the environment we have, for Mother Earth, for our planet, whatever you want to call it. We need to do a better job. So when I go through my day, one of the big questions I ask when I really dive deep inside, and I hope you can ask this same question, is how do we live more in harmony with our world? We're all partly responsible, right? We all enjoy some level of environmental destruction. This is a digital media, right? 
most of the parts that make up the phones and computers that we're listening on, that I'm recording on, are mined from our earth, right? The plastics are mined from the earth, from crude oil, right? So everything comes from the earth. Everything we have comes from the earth. And it can be easy for me to say, well, that's bad. We shouldn't do that. But we all reap the benefits from it, right? So how do we do it in a better way? Now, I know most likely none of you are CEOs of a large oil corporation or steel corporation or or mining company. But we can all make a change, okay? And it doesn't have to hurt our livelihood. That's the cool thing is to start. We don't have to make these giant sacrifices that most people think about when they think about taking care of our planet. Easy Living Yards is a direct result of my care for the environment. This is what I'm doing to make a difference, and I want to do it by helping you. Okay, so how do I do that? Well, I started out with the question of how do I take what I love and care for and make it easy for everyone to make a difference? Let's hit the rewind button. So looking back on my history, I'm going to share you some, some good juicy details of my past here that, uh, (laughs) if ever any of you meet me in person, uh, this, these are things that most people don't know about me. So it's kind of fun, I guess. So starting out when I was really young, I had influences of being out in the woods and luckily my parents were very into learning about nature themselves. So we'd go hiking a lot. They were very outdoorsy people, still are, and they would teach us, myself, my siblings, anybody that was willing to listen or was unfortunately stuck with them on the trail, they would teach them about the plants around us or the fauna around us, the animals. And so I learned so many little tidbits, whether I wanted to or not, about the plants around me. I've forgotten many of them, but now, as I've grown older... Sadly, I'm wishing I remembered so many of them, and I'm relearning a lot of it now. Those wonderful days of walking through neighborhood parks, I'm standing in one of those parks I grew up in right now. Walking through those neighborhood parks that were just, you know, a 10, 15-minute drive, 5-minute drive from our house, there was one park down the street, it was a short 5-minute walk down the street, and you could get lost in the woods there. Nature is a healing place. That's what I believe. There's so many research studies that have come out that have shown that people that are in contact with nature have more positive psychology. They live longer. Crazy stuff, right? Now the research is starting to back up what me and many other people have believed already. So I'm so thankful for those times in the woods as a kid, learning about the woods. But one crazy thing really impacted me. We used to go creaking all the time. What's creaking, you might ask? Well, maybe in, if you're from Kentucky, it might be called cricking, all right? Or maybe maybe if you're from the UK, it might be called brooking. I don't know. But basically what it means is you put on really junky shoes and you go, you spend a couple hours, 20 minutes, some level of time to get immersed in the limestone shale creek that was the... Um, the local creeks by us. We'd go catching crawdads, salamanders, 
uh, crayfish, if you want to call them that. All these little critters that were in the creeks and streams. Taking some clay, building clay figures, stacking up rocks, building little rock dams, all sorts of crazy things. Get, getting wet, getting our hands messy, getting our feet wet. It was, it was a beautiful, fun, developmental time. Suddenly, all those creatures disappeared from that creek. And what I learned about from my biologically-minded parents was that there was development happening upstream. And all of the runoff from the development killed the wildlife in the creek. Now hearing this as a, I don't know, eight-year-old child, I think I was at the time, was devastating to realize that people didn't care about the nature around me. Luckily, the life started to show back up in that creek. Nature took care of itself. But the lesson has stuck with me since. And I haven't found a way to properly express that as to how, if this is impactful to me, how do I use that to make a difference? This feeling has been reinforced throughout my life, whether it's been hiking myself, going to new natural places, and always hearing the sounds of industry close by. Camping, going to nature camp as a kid. Yeah, that was a thing around uh, Cincinnati region. Was these, They had these little nature camps that the local parks hosted. Those were hugely impactful for me as a child. And of course, I grew up during the age of Captain Planet. Captain Planet was my hero. <laughs> I'm not the, I'm not going as far as saying Captain Planet was the reason for easy living yards. <laughs> but I'm also not going to deny whether or not I've dressed up as Captain Planet for Halloween. So, for those of you who don't know who Captain Planet is, let's just say Whoopi Goldberg and LeVar Burton were both characters uh, on Captain Planet. It was an animated cartoon and Captain Planet was the superhero with a green mullet. It was awesome. All right, so fast forward to fourth grade. I started the I Help Save the Earth Club. We went around my parking lot at my school, and we picked up all the trash and cigarette butts that littered the parking lot at school. At the time, I thought this was incredibly impactful. And for me, it was. So whether or not it made a change on the global scale, it made a change for me and the students that joined my club. Now, oddly enough, most of the students in my class ended up joining this club. I was able to convince the teachers to give us an extra five minutes of recess for anybody that joined my club. And we picked up, we kept that parking lot nice and clean. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised I didn't take that club farther. Now life, you know, life happens, things change. And, uh, I moved away from that school after that, and who knows where it would have gone. But, we, but what I can be certain about is that Easy Living Yards is an extension of my work through the I Help Save the Earth Club. So right now, if you're still listening to this episode, I'm going to officially deputize you as an I Help Save the Earth Club member wherever you live, and I want to charge you with going out to do your part to help save the earth as well. What this taught me is that even a fourth grade kid, even a group of fourth grade kids can make a difference. 
So if a couple fourth graders can make a difference, what are you doing to make a difference? Later on, I discovered this design process called permaculture. You may be familiar with it. Maybe not. If you're not, you're going to learn about it now. Permaculture was a term that was coined in the late 1970s. This is a relatively new concept, right, in the way of agriculture and ecology. Essentially what permaculture is, there's no one definition of it. But it's a design process that creates resilient systems of low input, high yield, and it's designed on three ethics. Care of earth, care of people, and return of surplus. Essentially what this means is that everything in a permaculture design first cares for the earth, it cares for the people of the earth, and then whatever is abundant and surplus gets returned either to other people or back to the earth. It's a resilient design process originally designed for agriculture, and there's models of sustainable and regenerative agriculture using this design process being implemented across the globe. It gives me great hope. At the same time, this design process has been reapplied to design of urban systems, to design of businesses. It's a design process that's pervasive. I hope that my business is designed under these principles as well. Oddly enough, permaculture was so impactful for me when I learned about it that I decided I was going to take my love of beautiful landscapes, my love of environmental care, and my passion for permaculture to turn it into a business. That is Easy Living Yards. When I first started Easy Living Yards, it was a business business called Aesthetic Ecosystems. I learned after a few nudges in a couple years that most people didn't understand how to spell the word aesthetic, let alone understand what the term meant. Aesthetic ecosystems, right? People wondered if I was an environmental consulting firm. Well, in a way, that's what I am. People wondered... What the heck is aesthetic ecosystems, right? So I changed the name to something that maybe was a bit more applicable. Easy Living Yards. I help you create a landscape that's low maintenance. I help you create a landscape that's beautiful, right? What I'm not always 100% clear on is I use permaculture design principles to teach what I'm teaching you. Essentially, I'm teaching you low-maintenance landscaping that is designed to be resilient to stresses, resilient in periods of lack of care, where the system takes care of itself. That's what Easy Living Yards is about. So again, permaculture is a resilient design process of sustainable systems. I've taken this and I applied it to landscaping. What we get is these beautiful, resilient, low-maintenance, long-lasting systems that also support diversity. Now, I don't mean to be insidious or anything like that, but even if I'm not overt about it, 
your landscape, if you design a low-maintenance landscape, you're also supporting the world around you. You're making a better planet, whether you know it or not. And now I'm telling you, so now you know, right? But it doesn't have to be the primary goal. For me, it is a major goal. For you, it doesn't have to be. But I'm charging you. I'm challenging you. Why not? Why can't it be a major goal for you? Why not focus to make your landscape take care of the world around you? Most of us live on a piece of property that used to be a forest or a grassland. Maybe it was a mountain forest. Maybe it was a coastal forest. Maybe it was a coastal floodplain, right? Whatever piece of property we live on, likely it was damaged by development. Likely it was habitat for many, many creatures before you lived there. So why not try and replace some of that? Why not try and create some healthy habitat for a bunch of creatures again? Do you really need all the space that you have? We live on half of an acre. It's crazy for us to just try and maintain that space until we can convert it to something that I desire. Do you need all the space you have? Maybe you live on 20 acres. Maybe you live on 10 acres. Maybe you live on an acre. Maybe a half acre. Maybe a tenth of an acre. I challenge you that you don't need all that space. I'm not saying you need to sell it. I'm saying why not use that space, do something that you enjoy, that you think is beautiful to you, that also benefits the planet. One plant is better than none plants. Right? 100 plants are better than one plant. One tree is better than a whole lawn of grass. So what can you do to make a positive change in your landscape? What's your commitment to the environment? I'm going to take a little bit of a right turn now. There's another reason that I'm so driven with the environment. I've always felt most spiritual in nature. Always. For whatever reason, being in nature to me speaks to the soul. I don't know how that makes an impact on you. Maybe you feel the same way. Maybe you don't even know. I challenge you to go in nature. Spend time in nature. Just to be. It's a little awkward. I get it. Go where nobody can see you. Right now I'm standing uncomfortably close to two hiking trails. People are walking behind me wondering what the heck I'm doing here. I don't care because this message is important to me and this is the best spot for me to speak my message. So go out, find a spot in the forest. Take some time for you to connect with nature. Maybe you don't live near a forest. Go spend some time in whatever most pristine landscape you can. Maybe that's a desert. That's okay. How does nature speak to you? I'll tell you a few kind of woo-woo stories that I've experienced recently. As I've tried to start being more open to what is a nature spirit and how does nature truly speak to me spiritually. This is getting a little weird, guys. I'm okay with that. I hope you are too. So I was laying in my yard. Uh, This was last summer. It was a sunny afternoon, really hot out. The boys were playing on the swing next to me. 
I was just taking a moment to myself while they were not getting at each other's throats or not requiring me to throw a ball to them. I was just taking some deep breaths, spending some time for myself. I think they ended up going inside for a snack or something. I was still there, by myself, not far away, in my sunny backyard. I was pondering my purpose with my business, wondering if I should continue with this business. Is Easy Living Yards really what I should be doing? Is Easy Living Yards really making enough of a positive impact through what I do with the people, with you, as part of my show and part of my business? As I was pondering that, a hawk flew over the top of me. I just happened to open my eyes and see this hawk swoop right over the top of me, right above our house. I thought, oh, that's cool. Well, suddenly this hawk took a U-turn, made a full circle, and flew right back over the top of me again. It screeched four times. I'm getting shivers because I specifically remember this moment still. It was so crazy to me that I couldn't think that it didn't mean something. I've always been a very scientifically minded person. That's my roots. And so thinking that there's signs or spirits or messages that come through nature is kind of foreign. But whether whatever your background is, whether you're agnostic, whether you're Christian, whether you're Buddhist, whatever your background is, whatever your religious affiliation is, why not? Why can't nature speak its spirit to you? Why can't whatever form of spirit or God that you perceive, why can't it speak through nature? This whole episode, the wind has been dead silent. It's kind of sticky and muggy. All of a sudden now, the wind's picked up. Wind speaks to me, and I've just noticed it. I was outside yesterday, or a couple days ago. It was a full moon. It was beautiful out. And I was again pondering, pondering life. I do that a lot, guys. Pondering life, and really again, just, I always, for whatever reason, it's my nature to second guess what I'm doing. And to really think about, am I on the right path? Am I doing the right things, right? That's just how I am. That's how I roll, Okay. Well, again, it was this perfectly still night. I'm thinking these things. And suddenly, our beautiful tulip poplar tree in our front yard starts quaking uncontrollably. Every leaf from the top to the bottom of the tree shaking like crazy. It was crazy. Again, I got shivers, right? I got shivers up and down my back. Because, again... Everything else was still. I couldn't believe it. The maple tree to the left of me wasn't shaking in the wind. Just the poplar next to me, quaking, top to bottom. I took that as a sign. Nature speaks to us, guys. All right? So again, this is why I'm an environmentalist. Without nature, I'm nothing. We're not here. Everything's supported, everything in our life is supported by nature. Oil comes from plants, prehistoric plants, right? It's crazy. All of our houses, most likely, built with lumber frames. Comes from trees, right? Beautiful, beautiful trees. 
So let's just think about what we do, what our actions do, whether it's direct or indirect. It's always saddened me seeing people throw stuff out of their cars, thinking it means nothing. All of that litter gets blown into some forest, gets eaten by a squirrel, makes them sick and die. Or it gets washed down the drain into a waterway, pollutes the waterway. Our oceans are littered with plastic now. It's crazy, guys. I don't mean to be super negative with this show, but I just want to highlight again. It's so important to think about our actions. And we do it so little. And it saddens me. So, I've talked about my environmental roots. It's always meant something to me. I don't know if it's always meant something to you. If it hasn't, I'm asking you why not. And is this the right time for you? I challenge you that it is. We need to have more advocates for our environment. And you are one of them. I believe each of us are called to be advocates for our environment. So how does nature speak to you? Spiritually or not? Get out in nature. Enjoy nature more. See how beautiful it is. Once you feel that, how can you bring nature into your yard? Nature is refreshing, right? It's de-stressing. It's beautiful. It has those positive psychological benefits we talked about. So why not create a beautiful oasis in your own yard? Bring the natural world into your landscape. Bring in more birds, more insects, more beauty, more flowers, more trees. More opportunities for connections with nature. It's so beautiful. So create your own oasis. Each of us can have a nature preserve in our yard. Whether or not you did the development that destroyed the nature in your yard, we are all partly responsible for our own piece of property and the nature we took away from it. So why not add some back? You might wonder why I'm doing this super deep show, right? I don't know if I've ever gone this deep on a show before. Well, I was just recently a guest on the Home Energy Design Podcast with Amanda Gates. For those of you who haven't heard of the podcast, Amanda Gates, she's an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. She is full woo, all right? She is woo-woo, all right? But a little woo is goes a long way for one, right? <laughs> I sidetracked myself there. All right, a little woo can be good for everyone, all right? And it's positively toxic, all right? It gets into you, and it makes a difference. And I truly believe there's something to that woo world as well, okay? Now, I'm getting a little sidetracked, but what I want want to say is that Amanda and I had a wonderful discussion talking about some of these spirit animals, spirit experiences. Oh, I didn't share another cool one with you, which was I was in the middle of a discussion with a friend and this sweat bee landed on my thumb, my right thumb, and it would not leave for about 15 minutes straight. It was crazy. It wouldn't land on my right or my left hand. It wouldn't crawl onto my fingers. It would only 
buzz off and come right back to my thumb. And again, these little things might seem like nothing. But when you see these over and over, I can't help but think that they mean something. So what it means to you is just start listening to those little bits. Whether it's the breeze in the air, whether it's a bug, whether it's a flower, whether it's a feeling you get when you're in a certain place. Listen to those messages because they all mean something and they all mean something different to each of us. Okay, so I was on Amanda's show, right? There we go. (laughs) Renee, if you're listening, Renee called me out in her review saying I have a tendency to get sidetracked. Totally true. Totally admit that one. So Renee, if you're listening, sorry about that sidetrack. All right. (laughs) So I was on Amanda's podcast and Amanda nudged me. She said, you know what, Ben, you need to be more open with your environmental, your love for the environment. She said, you need to be more open about your spirit self. Now, whatever that means to you, to me, it means I'm just going to be a little bit more open. I'm taking her nudge, right? And being a bit more open about how I feel to its core. All right. Sometimes I'm a little subtle because I understand not all of you agree with these things that I'm saying today. Not all of you are hardcore environmentalists. Not all of you dressed up for Captain Planet for Halloween. Not all of you are going to think that the wind in the trees means something. I always believe that. Okay, so where does this leave us? Well, I just want to share one more thing. This is so core to easy living yards. Care for the environment. Care for the world around us. Care for the well-being of humanity without detrimental impact to the environment. It's so core to what I do here that from the get-go, before I made any money with this business, and I'll be open with you guys right now. I make very little money right now with Easy Living Yards. You guys are hearing the roots of our business. This is a perfect opportunity to have as close as possible interaction with me because we are so small right now, okay? All right, back on track. I don't mean this to be a sales pitch. Easy Living Yards, I made a commitment from the day I started as Aesthetic Ecosystem that 10% of every dollar I make goes to a charitable cause. And those charitable causes are for social and environmental impact. I'm working out where that first donation goes right now and I have a couple awesome ideas. But when it comes to environmental impact, I want to help small organizations that are working to make a positive difference with preserving or um, regenerating our environment. When it comes to social causes, I look for companies or nonprofits that are working to develop regenerative systems to support humanity or programs that work at the grassroots to help people have a healthy, beautiful life, especially a healthy childhood. Those are the important things to me. I hope those are important to you too. So if you want to support any of those causes, of course, supporting Easy Living Yards can do so. I also encourage you to go out and figure out how you can do the same 
with your own dollars, your own time, and your own thoughts. Okay? Thoughts, energy, and time are all very important. This doesn't have to be just monetary value. So what can you do with your life and your time to make a positive difference? That's what everything at Easy Living Yards is about, both for myself and for you. So let's go make a positive difference, guys. I hope you look forward to the next episodes coming out throughout the month of October. I didn't wish you a happy fall yet, so I hope you are having a beautiful, beautiful fall, beautiful autumn, whatever you want to call it. The leaves are already dropping right now around us, starting to. This is a time of change, guys. So a wonderful time of change. As things start to quiet down for the winter, think about this is a beautiful time to go inside yourself as well, right? This is a beautiful time for these episodes. To go inside and really think deep as to what, how are you living with purpose? How do you live with intent, right? Okay, I have some wonderful episodes that can be really helpful with that. So I'm going to link to them in today's show. Also, if you guys have any questions, as usual, make sure you reach out. Any questions about the stuff we talked about today? How you can get more involved with making your own positive impact? Or you want to get in touch with me about how to start making a change in your landscape? Go on over to easylivingyards.com slash ask. I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. So guys, have a wonderful day. I look forward to chatting with you next week. Make sure you live with passion and make tomorrow better than today.